Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It was just before 7.30 p.m. on February 9th, 2004, when Maura Murray was last seen. Her car was found damaged, locked, and abandoned on Route 112 just outside of the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Her disappearance has haunted and frustrated family, friends, and a community of people searching for the truth. Since that night, there has never been a credible sighting. You're listening to the Missing Maura Murray podcast. Welcome back to the Missing Maura Murray podcast. How you doing, Lance? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Tim? Doing all right tonight. Before we get going, I want to remind everyone to please follow us on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at MauraMurrayDoc, D-O-C, because this is going to be a documentary. And also, Lance, we've set up a voice mailbox for you, the listener, to call and to leave a message regarding this case. We want to hear your theories. Our thoughts are if we get enough um, interesting, cool theories or cool voicemails that we're going to string them together and play them all as an episode so do your best bring it um, and we're probably only going to have this phone line open for about a month so if you want your theory to be heard call this number 872-25-MORA 872-25-MORA M-A-U-R-A, 872-25-MORA. Give us a call, leave us a voicemail to hear your own voice on this podcast. And please leave the message um, very, very to the point, very concise, uh, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds. If you have any information about a crime that's been committed, do not call this number, call the New Hampshire State Police. For this episode, we have a very interesting topic, a subject matter, wouldn't you say, Lance? I think uh, it's safe to say we're probably going to um, deviate a little bit from uh, from what we've been doing. Yes, and we did tease saying that we were going to do a paranormal episode. Well, um, this isn't quite it, but maybe you could say that this is uh, the first part in a series of maybe two or three episodes where we touch on the paranormal. And tonight we want to talk about psychics. 
we went to a psychic in Salem, Massachusetts, and we recorded her. Her name is Lori Bruno, and she is reasonably famous in the New England area. And she has actually worked with law enforcement in the past at times to search for missing people. So we felt she was pretty credible. I can speak for myself saying that uh, some of the stuff she says is right on the money. Um, but, you know, no one bats a thousand. Exactly. And she comes from Salem, Massachusetts. So she's no stranger to alternative ways of thinking. Um just uh, full disclosure, I've never been a fan of psychics. Uh, I've always thought that psychics have really, really, really good intuition. Um, they know how to read people and they know how to read situations. So that being said, yeah, we went to Lori and um, mostly because she has a really deep sense of justice. A lot of what she does is rooted in trying to find the truth in unsolved um, injustices. Uh, and that's what really drew uh, me, as anyway, that's what really drew me to um, to go to Lori. Also, it, I think it's important to note that Lori Bruno did not take any money from us. We offered it to her. Not only did she not take any money, she physically recoiled and said, I can't do that. That's blood money. Pretty strong statements. <laughs> yeah. I just want to I just want to uh, talk about when uh, she got off the phone. So she's talking on the phone and she's talking with her daughter about the Jack the Ripper case. And we had no idea she was talking about the Jack the Ripper case. She hangs up and and she says, oh, that's my daughter. She starts talking about what they're what they're working on, which is um, she has a, a psychic lead on Jack the Ripper. And then she says, well, enough about that. What can I do for you, gentlemen? And we went in to explain what the Maura Murray case was. And she says, oh, here I am talking about Jack the Ripper and crimes and, and injustice and, and you boys show up. And she mentions her sense of justice or her want of justice in all things. And she mentions a name from the past, Giordano Bruno. And she's actually a relative of him, I think. He's an ancestor of hers. Giordano Bruno was celebrated for his cosmological theories and he actually proposed that there could be alien life out there. And back in those days, you say something like that, you get tried for heresy. He was born in 1548, the kingdom of Naples. And he died February 17th, 1600 in Rome. He was burned at the stake. And his ashes were thrown into the Tiber River. So Lori comes from a long line of people who think in a, a different way, astrologers or um, seers. He was in prison for seven years. If we're talking about injustice, Giordano Bruno had this list of uh, charges before he was burned at the stake. Holding opinions contrary to the Catholic faith, speaking against its ministers, holding opinions contrary to the Catholic faith regarding the virginity of Mary, mother of Jesus, dealing in magics and divination. Before we play the Lori Bruno clip, which is a long clip, it'll probably be the last half an hour of this episode, there is a, a clip from our documentary that we want to play, some audio from a van while we were driving up to Canada, and it's James Renner, and he's talking about a psychic that he visited. So this was a psychic that James went to not planning on on going to. It wasn't like he had uh, scheduled an appointment with this psychic to talk about Mora. He was on vacation 
in Ocean City with his family, and they walked by this shop. And uh, out of the blue, he just thought, well, yeah, I think I'll go in and, and, and talk to her about the case. It is interesting, I find it, Lance, that uh, the family, actually the Murray family, went to a psychic. Yeah, and I find it even more interesting that Fred Murray was uh, a huge supporter of this. He went to the police. He went to Scarinza and asked the uh, the state police to 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 follow up with this, and they said that they would be open to talking to a psychic. Yes, and Mora's mom was against this. She rejected the psychic Carla Barron's help, saying simply, "I don't believe her. I don't believe in psychics at all." Which is understandable. You can look at her and and think that she's saying, you know, I, I think you guys might be wasting your time because I just don't believe in it. You know, I mean, it, the way the way, you know, people perceive her reaction when you say rejected, it makes me think that she was angry about it. But she could have simply said, you know, go ahead. You know, I think you're wasting your time. I don't believe in this. I don't believe in psychics. And uh, furthermore, Billy Roush, Maura's boyfriend at the time, also disagreed with the thought that this could help. And he said, to involve additional assistance such as a psychic, I personally cannot fathom how this could be of help. But yet it was Fred who decided that it was a good idea. Yeah, Billy doesn't have a child that went missing. So if you're coming from Fred's point of view, after he's been so disappointed with the way the police have handled it, yeah, I'm sure a psychic would be would be something that he would be open-minded to and happy to take punches from the people who are going to say that this is a waste of time. Well, it could be a waste of time. And also to the listeners out there, you know, if you don't believe in psychics and you're already rolling your eyes, you know, you're probably not going to like this episode. But um, we're doing it because we think it's an interesting angle. And I know a lot of people do believe in psychics and maybe this opens up to a whole new audience of people. Although I got to say, if you're listening to this episode, part of you must believe in something to the effect of psychics if you're if you're even listening to this and by the time you're done hearing Lori bruno i'm not gonna say i came around but i was uh taken aback by a couple of things and so carla baron is a famous psychic she's on television and we actually emailed with her to see if she wanted to come on this episode with us and she said it's been so long since she's she's talked about it that she wouldn't feel right it's it's too far removed from her memory right now so maybe we try to get her on um in the future but we'll see how this first episode goes but carla baron about mora said she believes she is no longer with us carla told mora's dad she believes mora was met with foul play she also told him what kind of an area mora can be found i have been in touch with mora carla baron said mora met with foul play the same night as the accident Here's something that is kind of a problem in my head. Carla Barron says to us when 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 uh, when we're emailing with her that she doesn't feel comfortable coming on because it was so long ago and she doesn't have a fresh memory of uh, of of what happened. She had no memory of it when they went to her. This was in April of 2004, so it was about two months later they went to her. So did they schedule it? She had plenty of time to to go online and and research it as much as she wanted and maybe she gives the family, you know, the information that they, you know, she thinks that they want to hear. Let me just give out exactly what she said to us in the email just so I don't misconstrue it. She said the only thing is I haven't worked on that case file nor remember but a few details at this point about the previous readings/impressions for a number of years. It would be counterintuitive I think to speak on this case unless it is fresh in my mind. I don't understand that. Make it fresh in your mind. 
<laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't know what to say. I mean, are you getting that, that she wants money from us? Oh, no. I'm just, I'm, I'm getting that, like, she felt the need to respond, but she, I mean, what is she? She's like a celebrity um, psychic? Yeah, she's been on a show called Psychic Detectives, and I'm pretty sure there's another one she's been on. Yeah, maybe this is like too hot water for somebody who's a who's got an agent telling her what to do now or something. I don't know. She did get back to me very quickly, though. But she did say she has been in touch with Mora. She said she's done remote viewing. And she has been able to obtain somewhat of a description about the man, as well as where she can possibly be found by talking twice with Mora's father via the telephone for about two and a half hours. What man? The man who kidnapped Mora? Yes. So she has a description of him. She does, and she gave it to Fred Murray, who asked John Scarenza if they would accept the help from a psychic. Who John Scarenza was the lead detective on the case, and he did. They did accept it. I'm not sure if the state police and Baron actually ever talked, but Murray at least forwarded what she said onto Detective Scarenza. Okay, there's also this other guy. His name is Brian Ladd. He's self-described as the world's most accurate schizophrenic psychic dreamer he's got over 3,000 correct dream predictions since 2005 and he he did a he did a bit on uh on mora you can go to his website briansprediction.com and he actually has some drawings that he did after he went into his dream state with the case on his mind and he actually has a uh, a drawing of uh what looks like somebody with a uh, police badge this person says that he thinks the perpetrator who abducted mora is named ben is a white male, approximately 30 years of age, maybe a police officer. He says he doesn't want to make those claims, but he's just saying that because he maybe was trying to help her out with something. So Brian Ladd's conclusion is he thinks that someone knows about this has been desperately trying to hide what happened. Uh, he says, uh, I do not think the person who took her even knew her at the time, but lives and works very close to the crime scene. She was taken by this man, and this man is a drawing that looks like it was in Sharpie. She was taken by this man, I think his name was Ben, a white male, approximately 30 years of age, maybe a police officer, or I'm not sure, and I don't want to make any claims like this, but that's what I say. Maybe the police officer was helping her out with something. She made a phone call on the cell phone to the above number. He actually has a number that he dreamt and wrote down 800-253-457 question mark, or it could be 258. So that's, uh, that's something that he wrote down during his, his, uh, his dream. Uh, the man who took her had this symbol on a jacket, maybe, maybe an Eagle. And she was taken to a Lake tar. I do not think she is alive and her body may still be in this lake if it has not been removed. He actually says to the family, I would not trust anyone involved in this case. And I would request that you have the FBI from another state look at this case for you. So we're going to try to get Brian on because he's pretty intense about this. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, let's definitely try to get him on a future episode. Now, without further ado, we're going to play the clip from James Renner first, and then Lance and I will be back after the Lori Bruno clip. I'm very much a skeptic when it comes to things like that. I do believe that there's more to this universe than meets the eye, but, you know, I think Moore Murray's case is very much uh, grounded in, in 
human drama and the history of families and things like that. But I did, I will say this, I on a vacation this summer, um, and I talk about this in the book, my family visited Ocean City, and they have this big boardwalk. And one night, uh, I took my wife out on the boardwalk for a little date, and you know we got an elephant here, and we're walking, and we see this sign for um, psychic, Jean Psychic. And on a whim, I said, you know, let's go in there. I'd like to ask her about Maura Murray. So we go in, and there's this old um, Hungarian woman who invites me in and, and sits down, and she starts reading tarot cards. And the first thing she says is that uh, um, there's a lot of darkness around this case and that uh, she doesn't understand why I want to put myself in, in this case and become so involved in it because eventually the darkness will rub off and I'll bring that home. And to some extent, that's true. You know, you get psychologically connected to these, these cases and you do bring that, that trauma home when you surround yourself so, uh, with it as much. Uh, she says, there's a lot of darkness here. And I was taking notes. Um, says, you have traveled, but you have much traveling to do. And I asked her, what about, what about her? What, about, what can you tell me about Mora? She said she was not traveling alone, and she was very confident about this. And I had said nothing about this theory that I had developed over the years about her traveling in tandem with another driver. This was just out of the blue. She said she was not traveling alone. Her car was left behind, and then she left with this other person. She wanted to be lost. You will not find her. She does not want to be found. Her life was sadness, bad luck. She wanted to escape this. I asked her, where did she go then? She said, I cannot see her. She's either dead or the darkness is hiding her. Um, and then her eyes got wide and she said, you went into this girl's past, didn't you? And I said, yeah. She said, as far as her school years? And I said, yes. She said, why would you want to do that? It's so much sadness back there. Um, she said, you thought this would be an adventure, but her bad luck has rubbed off on you, hasn't it? Um... Why did you welcome this darkness? She keeps returning. She says, there's a darkness around this case. And she asked me, she says, have you ever felt as though you were possessed? And I said, well, you know, um, figuratively, you know, possessed by this case, maybe. She's like, no, she's like, there's a darkness here. Um, and she said, yes, you, you, you must leave this. Go as quickly as you can. Leave it behind you before the darkness follows you home. And then on the way out, she stopped me again, and uh, I could tell she wanted to say something more, but she was real hesitant, and I said, you know, what's going on? So th this woman you're trying to find, she has her own, she kind of stopped, and, and I said, what, you know, just, just you know, say it. I said, I don't want to. I said, well, she has her own what? And she says, well, what I'm trying to say is she, she was her own disaster. Maura Murray was her own disaster. And that's a very good read on this. Um, you know, she was self, very self-destructive around the time she disappeared. This woman knew nothing about, more nothing about the case, and she hit it right on the nose, I think. So, I, you know, I, I've only met, um, you know, with cases like this, and there's just some guy running down the highway. <laughs> um, with cases like this, 
psychics flock to these things. They want to be involved. They, you know, they're, they're constantly emailing me, and I, I always ignore them. And over the years, I've only met a couple psychics that I think really had the gift. This lady on the boardwalk was one of them. crazy lunatic that I am. <laughs> I work on crime things too. Excellent. And uh, even if they're old crime things, we're still going to work on them and uh, get to the justice part because nothing more in my life than justice, maybe because of Giordano Bruno and what I grew up with, yeah. but I know we're going to do okay. Now, let us get to going what we have to do for you, mm -hmm. young men. And now, what do you need me for with this documentary? Well, it's actually exactly what you're just talking about. Um, it's uh, about a missing person. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hello. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking about Jack the Ripper. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and everything that's about him. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and it's all not what it's supposed to be. Yeah. But I can't talk too much about it. But anyway, so... Missing person now. Yeah, um, a girl named Maura Murray went missing back in 2004, February 9th of 2004, um, on a uh, on Route 112 in New Hampshire. She um, icy cold. What was icy cold? Yeah, she I just got in the snowbank. I just got icy, icy cold going through me. They found the car, but they didn't find her. House. Who's Whose house was there? Whose house? There's a house there. There's something to do with a house and a man. Off the side. Off the side. Um, oh, my. There's a man named Butch Atwood who saw her. There's a man named Rick Forcier. They were neighbors of where the crash site was. I have some other names. She just snowbanked the car, like in snowbank. And there's a house. This is the, where the accident took place. Right there. Right there. Right yeah. there. Mm -hmm. Right here. What's that? I can't see through that. Right there. Yeah. Yeah, because she's caught. She's out of the car. Who are these people in this house? Um, this is, uh, this was That's Butch Atwood's old Butch house. Atwood. Butch Atwood's old house. He, uh, he passed away. His wife lives in Florida now. Um, he was the last person that is said to be, have seen her. And when he saw her, what was she doing? She was, um, I think, standing outside was, her car. Yeah, sitting she was standing in outside the car. He asked her... Should I call the police? And she said, I already called AAA. And then he left. Because he lived Because he lived right next door. And they called uh, 911. And she never called AAA. The cell phone service in 2004 was terrible, and there's no record of the call. No, no, that's a lie. Yeah, and um, within seven minutes, cops responded, and she was gone. The car was locked. The dogs lost the trace after about 100 feet, so they think she was picked up by somebody. But Someone picked her up. 
but she was a track star, so, and there was no sign of foul play or struggle on the scene, but we don't know. Somebody took her out of the area there. SUV, sometimes. Not a small truck. It's, it's like an SUV. It's like color. I don't know. I can't see the color. It seems dark, though. It's a dark car. When you're saying red, it's not fire engine red. It's like maroonish kind of red, dark. It's a dark red. It looks dark, but this big wide back on it. There's a wide back. You have her picture? Yes, we do. Please. Oh, I just got chills going yeah. through me. Oh, Lord. I have a few more. There's never been any more from that cell phone, nothing from the cell phone, nothing. Um, it, it, nothing at all from cell phone. I think it pinged off of a... Uh, it pinged off of a tower in Londonderry, New Hampshire, before the accident. Yeah, there was no, no reception where she was. Even when we went up there, we went up there recently, there was no reception. Why would he say that she said he called, she called that? She might have been drinking. We think maybe she was trying to avoid a DUI. Yeah, I feel that. But she was out in front of the thing there, wobbling. There's a picture of her and her dad. Mm. Her a nice girl. What made her go up there? Yeah. Who made her go up there? What was the reason she was traveling up there? We think she was running away. We're not really sure where she was heading or, or why. She was living at home with the parents? She was living at UMass Amherst um, a, few, a few weeks into uh, a new semester. She emailed her professor saying there was a death in the family. We know that was a lie. And she said she'd be back in a week, which... No, somebody there. They ever check her computer or anything? Yeah. They found search records of um, cabins in the area of the White Mountains where she was, and she had spent some time with her father and done some hiking in the past. Um, but she never booked a cabin, never stayed there. Oh, I do feel someone picked her up. I feel that. See, wide back of a, like an SUV with a wide back. Sort of darkish color, clipping like a maroonish color, blue, dark, dark. Seems dark. Do you want me to read you some names? Go ahead. Okay. Um, Fred Murray is her dad. Loves his daughter. Maura. Maura Murray. Loved them. Loves the child. Loves the child. They had nothing bad about her. They cared about her more than, more than you can imagine. What was the pond near there? Oh, my. There's uh, the Wild Amanusic River. The river. They looked there for her? I believe so, yeah. There's water near where she is. Mm -hmm. 
No, she is. There's water. Currently. There's water there. This man that died, he never said any more about this? He um, was given two polygraphs. Um, he failed. We know he failed the first one. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know about the second one. But um, he was investigated a little bit. I, I'm not sure if his house was searched. But yeah, his house was searched. He was investigated. Um, they found nothing there. Yeah, I mean... Of course, it wasn't in the house. This was not... She never went to that house. Hmm. So cold, though. I'm feeling cold. It's like near water she is. She's near water. She's near the water. You think she's still alive? No. I don't feel that. I, I, I don't feel a heartbeat. How old? 23? 21. 21? 21. Is there any way you can leave me a picture of her? Um, I can uh, send you one or, or email it to you or something. You could do that. I want to take a picture home with me. Okay. Her full name, the very full name she has is what? I think it's Maura. I don't think it's short for Maureen or something. Right? No, no, it's not just, short. Just Maura. It is. Her parents know you came to me? I don't think so, no. Her, uh, her mother passed away on her birthday in 2009. Um, the father? They were divorced. They were in the middle of getting divorced when she went missing. It was a bad relationship. Family energy was bad. They loved her, though. I picked up they loved the child. She's buying water. Almost like she's talking to me. It's kind of strange. They checked her computer for everything, right? She wanted to work with children. Um, she was, yeah, she was in the nursing program, yeah. I want to work with children. I've got pediatrics nursing. Yeah, little ones. Oh, God. That's the SUV. And I keep seeing the back of it, like, going away. Does it have uh, Massachusetts license plate? No. White and green. White and green. New Hampshire, Old Massachusetts, or Vermont, yeah. Looks like white and green. But it has a big back on it. Like an extended cab or like a... Looks like it's wide, wide, kind of wide one. Whoever, what kind of wide one it was. I say a few other names. She had a boyfriend in Oklahoma named Billy Roush. She was old. He was he got along with her though. Yeah. Billy wasn't 
wasn't against her. He he didn't hurt her. No. Billy did get that. No, no. Billy Billy did not hurt her. You know that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Billy loved her. How about um, Hussein Baghdadi? Who? Hussein Baghdadi. He was her uh, the assistant track coach on the team. No, oh, he 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 liked her. Alden Howes Olson. Who? Alden Howes Olson. Strange person. Very. He made some really creepy videos. Yeah, he's, he is creepy. Yeah. Oh, son, I got a creepy feeling from this name. No, he, he, I, I, he's creepy. Weird. We're just talking about Jack the Ripper now. That's a t <laughs> Don't get scared, but that's a type of creepy feeling I got when you said the name. Related to Alden, can I say a name? He what? Related to Alden, I'm going to say a name. He called himself Mr. 1974. Mr. 1974? Why, why did he call himself that? We don't know. 1, 9, 10, 71. What happened in 1974? What was going on in 1974 in the world? The Lady of the Lake. What's that? They found a body on the lake. It was like on a beach. And um, they've never been able to identify who it was. So when this guy said that he was 1970, Mr. 1974, people did research and found that there was this uh, unidentified dead body who was murdered in, um, off of uh, something like on the outskirts of Cape Cod. Wow. So the, that's like the only speculation yeah. for 1974. Him I don't like. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't like all the his face and I don't want him near me. Uh -uh. Him I don't need. But this is, this is where I, that's where I see the car going, that way. When here is where the, but that's where I see it, up this way, not that way, this way. What is this way? What is that way? Uh, that was south on Route 112. Yeah. And what is near there, south on Route 112? Just the White Mountains. Um. Yeah, just going into Franconia Notch, that area. Um, there, was a, there was a store, the Swiftwater Stage Shop. There's some in that area going up towards the notch. Did you already say Rick Forcer? No. Oh, I think maybe he was a neighbor, Rick Forcer. He was up towards that area, I believe. Did anybody ever see anything, detect anything about near Franconia Notch? I know that the, uh, I know the law enforcement searched um, all through there. He's been questioned by the police. Franconia Notch, he's up near that area. He's up near that area, that area, Brent Woods, whatever you call it, her remains or whatever. I'm praying she's alive, that somebody has her. You know, the kids, that, the girls that were in Ohio, wherever it was? Absolutely. Them. I mean, you know, there's a lot of nuts in the woods there, because I'm getting like a funny feeling inside about her, that she's still there, but it's like dead, but still there. And that big-ass truck 
has something to do with it. Who is Kathy to her? Kathy. Her sister. Her sister? Or is that her ex? Her, uh, Kathleen Murray. Kathleen Murray. He loves her. Did we give you that name? No. Who's Thomas? Tom. Um, there's a, a Tim Carpenter. Tom. Yeah, Tim. 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 <laughs> Who is this guy? Um, that is the ex-husband. The ex-husband of uh, her sister, um, who is, uh, he's uh, expressed a lot of distrust in the father. Mm -hmm. He thinks that the father could have done this. Or contributed to her running away. Yes, that's a possibility. That's a possibility with the father, yes. Uh... He berated her for something. I don't know what the hell he berated her for. Bill does not like the father. The boyfriend does not like the father. Um, they work together to try to find her and do interviews, um, but I don't think they've communicated in a while. No. Loves Kathy. I get a communication like, loves Kathy. Beth. Who's, who's she saying, Beth? In the other world, she says Beth. Beth? Beth. Beth. Elizabeth? Liz? Elizabeth. Beth. Oh, Liz, um... Uh, Dr- Druinac or something? Liz Druinac? Beth. She just said Beth. Beth. I get her voice saying Beth. Who is this Beth? Uh, she was a... It sounds like she was a good friend. Yeah. In high school. Good energy there. Who would she call Lizzie? It's probably her, Liz Druinac. Call her Lizzie. She says Beth, and then she says Lizzie. <laughs> okay, then that's it. Was she traveling with anybody in tandem, possibly? Possibly Liz, or... Um... I don't know. It doesn't... I see her alone, though. Yeah. I don't see her with anybody, Mama. But I do see this big truck, and then I don't see her anymore. I think she's inside that truck. Wouldn't be a school bus, would it? Oh, a big SUV. Looks like a big SUV. Did you ever see anybody with that? There was a report at the Swift Water, Swift Water State Lodge that a, um, a big red SUV with sort of a white back um, turned around the, at some point there, possibly going back towards her. It's a big one. It wasn't a little one. It seemed like a little bit of snow falling, too. It was like, you know, fine snow? I'm getting they, they, that night there was fine snow falling? I believe there was definitely yeah. a recent snowfall. Fine, fine snow. I keep yeah. seeing fine snow. A lot of these big flakes of fine snow coming down. And she's standing on the side. Then I don't see her no more. After that, that truck or whatever it is, SUV, big, the big back of it. I just keep seeing the big back of it. And I don't see her anymore. Oh, Lord. Peter is who? 
Who's the man called Peter or Peterson? Not sure. Arm hurts. Something with the arm. Something with her arm. Pulled. Arm. Person was said, I'll take you someplace, get you some help. And then she realized it wasn't help. Oh God, that SUV. That's your key, the SUV. Whoever had that SUV. It's like she's living, but she's not living. Could she be living under a different name? That's a possibility. That's what the confusion might be. It's a possibility. Could she be in Canada? All I know is mountains, where she is, is mountains. There are mountains where she is. This Franconia Notch, wherever it is, there's something they have to do with her. Only if people had seen her. But Franconia Notch is where she would. That's why I picked it up last. Why'd the father call her names? There's no reason. She uh, she crashed his car the week before she disappeared. Yes, the night before. The night before. She had been drinking. Yes. She's a good girl, but she was getting out of hand for some stupid thing. She had an argument with her boyfriend too. Did you know this? She hollered at him, but not mean. Did he tell you she raises her voice to him? No. But it wasn't mean. It was. She was upset, but not not meanness. This is this is unbelievable. Did that um, argument happen? even ask this, happened before or after the accident that she got into the night before she went missing? She crashed her father's car. Happened after. Yeah. She said something. He, he said, that was stupid. That was stupid. He hollered at her a little bit. Did he hurt her at that point? Or huh? Did he hurt her at that point? No. Okay. No, no, no. I don't feel that. Good. His words. He said words. Okay. Because he said she did something stupid. That's what he said. He was, he was not too happy with her behavior. No? It's like I get her here, but not here. It's like really weird, the feeling I'm getting. Her mom passed away. Yeah. And the father, what is he doing? He's, uh, he lives in Weymouth. He's an uh, x-ray technician at a hospital down on the South Shore. Do you think she could have been pregnant at the time? It's not an impossibility. It's not an impossibility. I'm concentrating just on her. And what I see is Franconia Nacho area. 
Go look up there. Have them look over there. Do you think her disappearance is related to other disappearances in the area? Yeah, it could be. Could very well be. Could very well be. But, uh, I feel like she, she's there but not there. Kind of weird. Weird feeling I'm having. It's, um, there was a rag found in her tailpipe after the car had crashed. Um, it was found there. We're not sure when it was put in the tailpipe. Whether to stall the car out or to, or afterwards, maybe. Why would that be in the car? Asphyxiation? Um, no, because she, it's, not, it's not the, the right setting for that. No. Yeah. Um, her dad said that he gave her the rag, um, but we don't know how it ended up in the tailpipe. We know that it's evidence at this point. Um, No. What I'm picking up here is that the father did love his daughter. He did not kill his daughter. No way. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you that I don't feel the father would know. He was mad at her for things, but car is a car. Your daughter is more than a car, you know? Your child is more than a car. No, I don't feel that. I don't feel it. Something happened between here and here and the car, that thing that picked her up. But someone picked her up, and that's what I saw. All I see is the back of it. Looks like a green and white license on it. There may be a three, a number three. Seems like curved in the end, three. All right, that's what I get. How far was the gas station from here? About five miles. About a mile? Five miles, right before the crash she had gotten gas. And she was at that gas station? Yeah. And there was ice where she crashed? Yeah. The curve there? That's what happened. Oh, yes, they curved over there. Squiggly. Oh, yes, yeah, squiggly curve. That New Hampshire's full of them. I'm Sarah Alfieri, I think. Sarah Alfieri? Yeah. From where? Um, she's probably from Hanson, but she I think she lives in Cambridge or uh, Boston Newton. or Newton. Friend of hers? Yes. Seems to be a straight, pretty straight kid. So, you met her? I have not. She was around Bill? Probably. Her, her boyfriend? Probably. They seem to know each other. She was still talking to her? Mm-hmm. She talked to her on the telephone. Talk to her on the telephone. Oh, Lord. What was her birthday? It's May 4th. To Taurus. Taurus is usually pretty sensible people. I'm a Taurus. We don't 
get into people's cars unless we unless somebody forces us in the car. Because she didn't want help from the man the house there. Why would she go willingly into a car? But I do see the car there. Was Benjamin or Ben around her? Somebody named Ben. Something wrong here. Big bone. Did they ever think there were two men in the car? She would not get in that car alone. There were two men. And that truck, SUV, whatever you want to call it, I felt two men. Two. One of the men has a beard. Franconia Notch. I keep getting Franconia Notch. How far is Franconia Notch from there? 45 minutes, maybe. The direction I pointed to up that way? They gotta look over there. Have they done that? Have they searched that area? That's where they gotta go. Yeah, it's very close. The vehicle was locked. Sure, she locked the locked the car. That's why she would lock the car. She got in the car. We'll help you, we'll help you. Don't worry. Kill the two. That's one was a big woman. Seem big people. They don't seem to be little people. Yeah, it's, I pick up the two. Yeah. Could be one woman. Might, might have been a heavy set woman. A little heavy set. And when she saw the woman, it was, she figured it would be all right. Something's really weird here. Did they ever felt, feel that there was a woman, too, involved in this? I don't think so. Well, I think they better check that out, too. Somebody picked her up. That's all I can see. I wish I could help you further. But I want you to check up in Franconia Notch. Yeah, well. There's something wrong there. Something very wrong. This is not... This is not right. I'm getting two feelings from her, living and dead. I did see a heavy set. Could be a woman. Give it, give it a good look, see. Go through this again. Do you need these? No. 
If you can get me a picture, can you send it over yeah, to him? Yeah, I, I think I did. I'm, and and leave me, I, I have okay. your number. Okay. This you can leave me. Yeah, we can, yeah. Yeah, I want this. Whatever you can leave me. When I found Mickey Evangelist, murder and all, out in Clinton, Massachusetts in 1991 it was. They left me clothes of hers and the picture. And I went in quiet in my house. And I got all the information that they needed. Even found her body. Told them where it was. And uh, the police have it listed. The police and others. My mother's. But I feel there's something there with this girl. She wasn't thinking right. She wasn't thinking right. The boyfriend got mad at her for something, and he, he wanted her to think before she did stupid things. You ask him. Dear God. With a top on it. Yeah. Like a cab? I mean, yeah, yeah. Like a pickup truck with a white cab. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could that have been it? Been it? I believe that was what was cited at the Swift Wharf. Because what I saw was like red towards the bottom. Or dark color, maroon. But there's a three in the license at the end. It looks like a three. Whatever I can do to help you, I will do it. Thank you very much. All right. God bless. Some of the more interesting stuff, I think, from the Lori Bruno clip is that she mentions an SUV picking up Mora, and then me, like an idiot, I suggested red. It didn't sound like she was going with red, but because there has been some talk about a red SUV, potentially a... Yeah, it, it, it's been a red truck. I don't red... know if SUV has actually been mentioned. Okay, a red truck. Yeah. A suspicious red truck in the area around the... It's not even... I, I don't even want to use this suspicious. It's just been an account of a red truck that's been in the area. But didn't this truck turn around and go back towards Mora? There was an account that it did turn around at the uh, Swiftwater um, convenience store. That it that this truck drove past or it the pulled accident. In, it, it, could, it could have, yeah, it could have gone in for gas or something. Drove past the accident, went to the the gas station. Maybe it stopped for gas. Maybe it just turned around and went back the other way towards where Mora crashed. She's pretty um, adamant about it being a darker color. Yeah, and so she doesn't necessarily say it's red. And you know, since I gave that to her, I almost feel like we have to throw that part out where she's talking about it being red. I almost want to just say that she said it was blue. You know, and, but but she didn't one hundred percent say it was blue. She said it was a dark color. If it was red, it would have been a dark maroon. Right, and she does say that it was a, a green and white license plate, which could be New Hampshire or Vermont. So you take that with a grain of salt as well, because she knows the area that Mora went missing, and you know what are the colors up there? It's you know it's green and white for Vermont, and white and green for New Hampshire. Green and white is also the color of an old Massachusetts license plate, not the current ones. Oh but... yeah, yeah, the white and green one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that went out of style in the '90s, but I think it is still legal to have a green and white Massachusetts license plate. But the thing that kind of knocked me over a bit was her mentioning of the name Kathleen. And um, I jumped again to, oh, that's her sister. Well, Kate is short for Kathleen as well. 
So. Oh no, I'll, def- I'll defend you here. You, you, you she, oh, said, thanks, she actually asked. <laughs> she asked us the question. She said, "Who's Kathleen?" Yeah, she came up with that name. Um, yeah, I mean, my first thought was that's her sister, but you know, there's also Kate Markopoulos. I also found it very interesting when we mentioned the name Alden Howes Olson, and she literally got disturbed in our presence. Didn't she say something like the feeling I get from this man is the same feeling I get when I'm working on Jack the Ripper. Yeah, she did. So there you have it. You know, this episode is, um, was, was meant to expand your mind a little bit. Yeah. And you know, it's expand your mind and it's also, we don't know anything about the, uh, the truth here. So these are, these are alternatives. These are alternative methods to finding out the truth. And, uh, I feel very confident, even though I'm not a hundred percent a believer in, psychic ability i feel very confident with the uh with the trip to uh to visit Lori bruno um i think she's very 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 intuitive and we gave her nothing before we went into that and uh there were moments where we uh you know where we were kind of taken aback and maybe gave her a little bit but she never you know she never gave me the impression that she was taking advantage of us and she was more than gracious to to have us in there and to help us take it for what it is what was uh, kind of striking to me was a connection between the psychic that James went to and and Lori Bruno, both saying that essentially more of it feels like more is dead, but not dead in the sense of not living anymore. Lori started off by saying it was very cold and 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 she was in a cold place and she didn't get the sense that she was living, but not really dead. You know, something like that. And uh, and that, that that's kind of really striking to me. Yeah, that could mean a bunch of things. I mean, it could mean she's not dead because there are so many people looking for her still. Exactly, that the memory of her is still alive. Or it could mean that the, the old Mora is dead, that this, this Mora wanted to leave that old Mora behind. So that old Mora died that night on Route 112. Yeah, and if she changed her name, then that would fit that. But then there's a literal sense that she was put into a lake and it's cold and dark. Well, I'm getting goosebumps. Just wanted to remind you before we go, please, if you want to leave your theory on this case, on this podcast, if you want to hear it, please call 872-25-MORA. All right. I just wanted to thank everybody for listening again. Um, Stay tuned for the next episode. Make sure you... You know, talk to anybody who might be uh, interested in this, anybody who you think might be interested in this. The more eyes and ears on this case, the better. The more people who are thoughtful in their process, the way they process theories, the better. And we want to hear from them, and we want them to listen to the show and contribute. Next time on Missing Mora Mari, we are interviewing a forensic psychology professor from the university of New Hampshire. If she was kidnapped and murdered, it's almost unheard of for somebody to do that once and never do it again. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.